This is the Blatcast. A sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt. Returning to the show today, Zia Anderson and longtime fan favorite Jeff Duray. So please, dim your lights, silence your phones, return tray tables to their upright and locked positions, and get ready for what is quite possibly the longest hour, or shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. He won't let anyone else do it. Christian Black. Welcome to a special Blackcast. Very excited to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's our Guardians Volume 3, Volume 2 episode. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, making her uh, first appearance on uh, one of these shows is our pal Yell Teagle. Yell, yes. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm wearing my rocket uh, outfit from the first movie. <laughs> I love that you have your rocket movie. And uh, I have a couple of uh, McDonald's friends that our visual audience got to see, have a little interaction that uh, my daughter Lucy uh, had requested. So I was allowed to borrow them as long as they fought when we started. Speaking of being a fighter, not a lover, the one, the only, Jeff Duray, 87D28. So you're a batch, a couple batches before Rocket. Is that what I should take away? Yep. They were experimenting on me first. So I'm just and saying, I take precedent. That explains yeah, a lot. And, and I think that uh, you were able to do a lot of inventing. Uh, speaking of D, our friend <laughs> Zia. <laughs> Landerson, Bastille Day. So exciting to see you. I think our people, our friends in the live chat, Zia, they might ask that we leave you in the big window for a little while. Um, I don't know why. Don't, don't do that. I don't know why um, anybody would want to see that. This is are crazy. You considering changing your name to Dia? <laughs> More like double Dia. Hey, <laughs> double Dia. <laughs> I hate to give compliments to Zia, especially this early in the show, but it's money well spent. Uh, well done. Thank and, you. Uh, oh you know, what, whatever you paid, uh, you got to steal because uh, I've, how many years have I known you now? Five, I, I don't know, six. Five or six, um, something like that. A while. And in all that time, you always looked like a 12 year old boy. 
And, uh, you know, from from the neck up, you still kind of have an Oliver Twist quality. But yeah. you actually, uh, you, you've improved yourself. It's as though you visited the high evolutionary. And he said, wait, I know exactly what I can do. Um, Zia, since you're in the big window right now, let's start oh, with you. Goodness. We want to start big picture. No problem talking about the spoilers. The movie's been out for a while. We've talked a lot about it on our shows. So we're going to talk all the spoilers about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And Zia, just uh, talk about heading into it, how you felt about the last couple Marvel movies, and if maybe there was a little of, uh-oh, is this going to be another one that uh, maybe I don't love? I have a lot of faith in James Gunn because I haven't seen something that he's made that I haven't liked in a while. I'm trying to think sure. of, of something that he's made that I haven't liked. And just, he gets a thousand points on music alone particularly in this movie, his music choices or whoever he hires to do music. I don't know if it's him or if he just has a friend who knows great music. I don't know. He always gives credit to a music supervisor, but uh, it's it, you feel like it's very collaborative. I mean, it it's the same person be, he used on Peacemaker and, you know, obviously the Suicide Squad. But yeah, he always has great selections. Uh, in fact, I wore um, my Faith No More t-shirt today uh, specifically for you because I know that uh, we care a lot uh inclusion with lot. the the uh, pre-mike Patton singer interestingly enough yeah it, which yeah, is uh, weird because it sounds like uh, mike Patton has a very particular voice but i feel sure. like even if you listen to that song it's still it doesn't sound so far off that you're like oh who is this what is this it's a great song right it's not like going from ozzy to ronnie james dio they're, right. they're very similar <laughs> you know there's, there's also might be a little bit of a talent disparity if i if i, if I want to throw shade but i agree james gunn uh really delivers in the music and oh, uh, we'll, so we'll good. definitely talk more about that talk about uh getting to spend you know what they're billing as one last time with these characters what was that like for you zia that's sad. It's sad because they all work so well together. And it's hard. People also, people don't handle change well. And I'm kind of one of those people that when you start changing one of my favorite shows or a favorite movie or favorite ensemble, I'm like, I, I'm never going to like shit on someone or be like, oh, you ruined it. But there well, is let me just interrupt for a second. Like, uh, you'll never shit on someone unless there's a, enough of an exchange of payment for OnlyFans where they maybe want to see you do that. Then, oh, yeah, then, I do. Yeah, that there's a price tag. There. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So you're never going to shit on someone for free. <laughs> never for free. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not like the type of person that's going to be like, oh, my God, they ruined it. Well, that's not true. I do that sometimes. But but um, it's just a little bit of when that dynamic is gone, sometimes it doesn't work as well. So that's something that I'm not looking forward to. Sure. I like that we got the rocket backstory. I thought that that was really cool. I like that we got a little bit of. <laughs> it's interesting seeing a little bit of Star-Lord with Nebula. Like there's kind of that because she's very similar to Gamora because they sort of her and Nebula sort of had the, a similar sort of arc going from, you know, Thanos's daughters to, oh, my God, we got to stop this guy. But then the Gamora that we have now didn't go through that arc. So it's interesting yeah. to sort of see a similar Gamora uh, in Nebula that you're not seeing in the new Gamora, even though you, she sort of gets there towards the end of it. Uh, and then kind of seeing Star Wars. It, this was such a good character-driven movie, and it it didn't feel like anyone got left out, which is not easy to do in a movie with this many characters. Even Cosmo didn't get left out. Yes. Even Cosmo had a great runner throughout the uh, movie. Uh, and uh, to what you were saying about Nebula and Gamora, because you know we sort of basically reset Gamora. We have this Gamora from an earlier timeline. 
basically their character arcs kind of crossed. So Nebula in this movie yeah. is where Gamora was in Guardians 2, basically. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of interesting to to certainly think about uh, the time they spent together. We'll we'll delve into all of that, but uh, I want to keep talking about uh, big picture first. And speaking of big picture, now in the big picture, uh, yeah, what were your thoughts uh, heading into this movie, and uh, how did you feel about it once you saw it? So I'm going to be honest. I think that like I struggled. I struggled with the Chris Pratt of it all. So I was going in not excited. I was like, yeah, all right. Oh, and is, just to just to interject, you mean his uh, his personal life, not uh, yes. you know, just to, okay. I wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything about the character that that I was no missing. no. It, Chris yeah, Pratt yeah. as a human being. That's my yeah. problem. So yeah. By the way, the, just to on that note, I always say that to me, Tom Cruise is one of the greatest actors we've ever had in our life because I'll see him in a movie. And within a couple minutes, I forget about him jumping up and up and down on Oprah's <laughs> couch talking about Katie Holmes. I forget about all the creepy Scientology videos where you see him laughing. Uh, and uh, Chris Pratt, it might be a little harder to to forget some of it. You know, he's not he's not Ezra Miller, but uh, you know, I think that there's definitely baggage, and it can be hard. So you're saying you walk into the movie thinking like, oh, I don't I don't love real world Chris Black Chris. That's me. I don't love real world Chris. I do love Pratt. real world Chris Blatt. Yes. Oh, you got a ding for that. Thank you. Um, but uh, so that was that was a, a little bit of uh, trepidation heading yeah. into the movie. So okay. going in, I was like, nah, all right, we'll see. Which is funny because I love Rocket. I mean, obviously, I love Rocket, and I was like, <laughs> sure. I want. I've been wanting a Rocket backstory forever. So that's fantastic. Yes, love it. Um, am I a furry? Maybe. Who knows? I love <laughs> Rocket. So I think that I was excited, but also, you know, hesitant. Um, I was pleasantly surprised about a lot of things. Not not him, but um, the other things were great. I think that my my biggest problem with this film. Well, maybe not. My, well, my biggest problem. All right, my biggest problem with this film is um, the amount of animal cruelty. I, it was a lot it was like excessive um and and that felt unnecessary to me like the amount of animal abuse seen was a lot yeah um, you're not the first person i heard say that and um i i had uh, reached out to a friend of mine who is uh, very involved with PETA, and i was just going to kind of ask her opinion because i'm of two minds of it you're 100 correct uh, I know somebody that, uh, you know, said that they were glad that they didn't eat before the movie because it was so upsetting. And I think that there's something to be said, you know, you don't ever want to cross into the territory of anything that's kind of, you know, torture porn, cruelty for the sake of of possible enjoyment. But at the same time, you want to realistically show how terrible it is. And I, the reason why I was going to ask a friend who worked for PETA was I'm like, does this help with the notion of like, you know, this is what it's like when they, you know, uh, staple open a rabbit's eyelids and they spray hairspray in it, you know, because should we know how terrible it is? But that definitely detracts away from a movie that a lot of people maybe want to bring kids to, uh, you know, it's PG-13, but, you know, you, you want to bring your 11 year old to it. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make it tough. And um what did you think having that reaction yourself to that moment that I found very powerful when we see Nebula watching the actual video, which we don't see that much of the actual video of rocket being created. And she said, this is worse than anything Thanos did to me. I mean, horrifying. I like, yeah. I, I don't gore, blood, guts, whatever. I'm cool. Like, yeah, show me, show me intestines coming out of the body. Hell yeah. <laughs> but 
I couldn't, there was so much, it was just so much of it. I feel yeah. like you can get your point across with less, um, less that we see even. I think that might be the thing is that they showed us too much of it. Um, and that, that really, like it, I came out and my biggest takeaway was I need to tell everyone there's no content warning and there needs to be one for animal cruelty. And I'm almost never the person who's like, there should be a content warning on this. Yeah. That was my I biggest. I wonder if when it's eventually on Disney plus, if you know, because they have very specific descriptions, I wonder mm -hmm. if, if, you know, that's where it'll be listed. And, and, you know, I don't know like when it's available digitally, any of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I saw you from like across the lobby uh, after the movie, but we didn't get a chance to talk. And I was like, eh, we'll just, we'll just do a show together. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, but apart from that, uh, did you enjoy the exploration of, as Zia said, we spent a lot of time with all the characters. Uh, so did you feel that we really got to delve into the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I think Zia's totally right. It's impressive that we got so much of all these characters um, and got to like really explore where they are. I will say, <laughs> going in knowing this is the last chapter for this team, I expected somebody to die like i expected a higher stake and the the fact that star lord didn't really bothers me but also um the you know there was a part where i thought uh, drax was gonna die and i was like oh my god powerful no he's, he's fine yeah like everybody everybody survived there's there's some great death scenes in this movie but they're for characters who ended up not dying including star lord uh, the one that I've said before that I expected to die more than anyone is Drax because Bautista said he doesn't want to play the character anymore. You notice how much more that character wears a shirt now, by the way. Oh, uh, <laughs> also a huge, I was like, I'm sorry. I, if, does no one remember his nipples? What's happening? <laughs> well, he did tell sensitive. us, he did tell us in volume two that they're very sensitive. So, right. uh, you know, so I guess, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, it was great to get to spend that much time. Uh, I, I found I saw the movie in the theater twice, and I did find it somehow to be more emotional the second time, even knowing that no one was going to die. And I, I was just like, I wasn't expecting that. I, I maybe it's because I don't know. The first time I see a movie, sometimes you're just a lot of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm on the edge of my seat, whatever, except for maybe the Batman. But uh, usually, I'm on the edge of my seat, uh, not checking my watch. Uh, but I think that it's, uh, I, I think that uh, it is all really well done, but I, I expected, look, I like these characters, the fact that they might be able to continue, even, even Drax, sure. Uh, I definitely wonder, was it like Kevin Feige was like, yeah, it's a great script. Um, you got to fix the part where you kill anyone because we want to save them for something else. We need them for Avengers Kang Dynasty or secret wars or you know what i mean like it, it, is it just that we have plans for characters that we can sell at happy meals in uh at mcdonald's which fun fact and then we'll uh, move on to jeff which is also a fun fact uh gamora is never part of any of the licensing uh the uh, for the movie tie-ins uh you can see the the comic version of her my son has guardians pajamas that she's on but uh so i'm just like man does zoe saldana have a no merchandising clause in her contract because like you'll even see like at mcdonald's there's a picture of the guardians she's not there so uh huh. but uh they do have a cosmo and uh, my daughter's new favorite is groot so uh yes i've spent some time driving around mcdonald's uh throughout the san fernando valley jeff duray um the I, I don't take this personally the third most handsome member of our panel today 
in the big screen. Um, I, you know, I think it's uh, uh, it's accurate. Yeah, it's fair. I now have questions. <laughs> well, that 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 was they were left open. By the way, I don't want to forget to get this comment in here from Dominica Saxon. This is about Zia. I thought she looked different. She went back to blonde. So thank you, Dominica Saxon. Uh, Couldn't do the red you. anymore. It was such a pain in the ass. But it looked but I, so good. I, thank I you. The, I loved the look of it. MJ I had to go in every. You, you yeah. had like the Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane. Watson. I did that. And yeah. I liked it. But I had to go in every three weeks to keep it up. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is crazy. <laughs> well, someone else who has to go in every three weeks to keep it up, Jeff DeRay. I want to know what uh, you think uh, heading into the movie. Were you uh, Were you excited? Uh, where were you at with uh, Guardians 3 before you went to go see it? And what did you think once you did see it? I mean, uh, like Zia said, James Gunn's been doing a good job, especially with like a lot of his superhero projects that he's focused on lately. So I had, you know, I didn't have overwhelming expectations because I think that's what kind of let me down when I saw the second film the first time. But I was, you know, I expected it to be good. I knew generally what I was going to get into because I had heard a ton about how people were like, you know, having a really tough time with the animal cruelty scenes. I wonder if in part because I was expecting them to be worse because of how much I heard about them or mm. because it was all just CGI and it's easy for me to dissociate that from reality, but it didn't really bother me. And I'm definitely somebody who, you know, animal cruelty is like a big one for me i remember watching okja and getting like really emotional and being like oh my god <laughs> how could they do well, let me just point out thing? though jeff that you like zia are dead inside so yeah. that might have had something to do with that's it. true too i, I forgot so. about that yeah uh see what i do is i project my face onto the animals and i'm like <laughs> no they're hurting me i hate this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, overall, I really liked the movie. I thought they did a great job. I saw it in 3D again, and I'm wondering okay. because when I saw Ant-Man, I saw it in 3D, and the, the CGI didn't bother me at all, if they're optimizing for 3D, and that's why when people see them in 2D, the VFX don't look as good because of how many complaints there generally have been. I'm just wondering if that's part of the issue. But uh, it looked really that's good. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah. It looked really good. I, I thought the story was fantastic. I'm glad nobody died because it seems like we got this emotional breaking up. This is the last hurrah type situation without having to go for the cheap death, right? Like it didn't have to be like, well, now we can't be a team anymore because one of our friends died. It was like, no, we're all going our separate ways. So they don't have to come back in any future things. They can just all go live their lives. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a a last episode of a TV show kind of a thing. Um, I thought I really liked the high evolutionary as like the psycho villain. I thought he was really interesting. I, I felt like the performance was really good because again, with animal cruelty scenes, just like seeing this person where it's clearly about them and they're just like spiraling through like whatever he, this guy is going through. And then he's just like raging at this animal because of whatever he's yeah. feeling about himself. I just thought that was like a really well done performance and concept and everything, especially because the whole thing's about this guy trying to play God over lesser life forms or whatever he perceives as such. Um, I thought, what else? I, I'm really glad just, that uh, we throw in the uh, because oh. I, I always try to practice saying his name, uh, Chuck Woody Awuji. 
uh, is fantastic as a high yeah. evolutionary. He was also he was in Peacemaker. So good. Yep, yep. And bring that too as Mara. Yeah, and he just a completely different style of performance between the the two films, and it it's a fine line when you're playing the crazy character, and it's like you go just too far, it becomes laughable. And uh, he doesn't he doesn't go there. I think he does play that really well, which. That'll be sort of the uh, the next round. We'll, we'll all talk about the high evolutionary. But uh, well, I wanted to let you finish your thought, though, what you were about to move on to. I think I was just kind of going through the movie in general, and I just I thought it was good. I liked the scene one. Here's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked the relationship dynamics. Right, uh, yep. you're talking about how Nebula sees the scene with Rocket. They spent five years together while everybody else was blinked out of existence. So they have a special relationship among the group. So her personally being the one to see that, I think, was significant because that's like her guy, right? Um. And then I you know thought... that's a really good point too because of the the simple fact that uh, you know I, I actually didn't even think about the fact that the two of them and you know we see them maybe more in a deleted scene from uh, Infinity War or, or the early part of Endgame as I think where it is they're all like standing there and like rockets you know making fun of Carol's new haircut uh, you know I, I forgot that they had all that time together and then there's also like four years between Guardians two like like they've established that there's like four years of timeline between guardians two and infinity war. So although Nebula was off plotting how to kill Thanos during that time, you know, I think that there is a lot of growth for those characters uh, specifically between volume two and volume three. And I really like sort of the dynamic that it's like, you really do. And they stress it throughout really all these movies, how this group really is a family for each other. And, uh, that was sort of what you were talking about, Jeff, with the, yeah. the dynamics. Yeah. And then uh, I was going to say, like, last thoughts or whatever. Uh, I appreciated that they didn't, like I said, with the, the not killing people off, I felt like they made a lot of the, they didn't go the easy route narratively, right? You don't just make Gamora be like, and now I'm old Gamora and I do love you and I see it. It's like, no, I, I have my own family. I'm a different person. She's happy to have her reunion with her family when she gets back with the Ravagers. I thought that was an excellent scene. And I thought it was excellent that she, they didn't cheaply just have her be like, okay, now I'll hug you guys. It's like, no, yeah. I have my own thing. So I what, I what is this it. earth custom called French kissing? Can you show me, Peter? Uh, yeah, well, I think that would have been actually the, the worst turn of events for that character. And I did love that extra scene, you know, towards the end because Peter even says you don't fit in with the Ravagers. It's like, well, no, clearly she does. And, you know, anytime anybody can get a big hug from Stallone, uh, that sounds good. Uh, Yell, I want to ask you about all of that, but uh, let's start with the High Evolutionary uh, yeah. with Chuck Wiggy which, uh, you know, now I'm just trying to say it as many times as possible with the hopes that one time I'll get it right. Yes, um, I, uh, I like this villain. I think it was a good villain. Um, I like a villain that I'm scared of. That was fun. But, <laughs> sure. Um, I think my question is, and I don't mean to be negative about the planet we live on, but at what point does a high evolutionary see this planet and go, 
that's that's the one I'm going to recreate. <laughs> I got to yeah. agree with you, Yale, so much on that. So right? much because it's like, wait a second. You want to emulate this? We do not have anything figured out right now. Like, we have like what, 10 years left. What are you thinking? This is not the this, this is what you what are you doing? Well, to be fair, he went in like 1979. And, uh, you know, we were at the peak really at that point. I mean, you know, maybe maybe the high evolutionary just kind of beamed down to Club 50. Uh, studio 54 and you know he was he, he just went into that scene he's like yeah I, I need this but with a guy who has a rhino head the, so the just high evolutionary to... is just a big proponent of reaganomics <laughs> yeah that's what it really came down to. he's <laughs> like 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 trickle down that makes so much sense to me but uh, <laughs> it's a great point yeah i i've talked about this movie a few times and i've seen it twice I didn't think of it till right now. <laughs> I mean, you thought of it. So to be a, fair, to point. be fair, my roommate thought of it. My, okay. my plus one thought of it. And I went, oh, yeah, that's a good fucking point. <laughs> that's a great point. I didn't think of that either until you said it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so true. Oh. I think they kind of established the admiration that the galaxy has for Earth in the Christmas special. Because why are a bunch of aliens celebrating a religious holiday from a planet like many light years away kind of a thing so i didn't see that i don't i tend to not watch christmas specials as someone who is anti-christmas um i i just so everyone's aware the war on christmas it's just me it's just me no uh actually if i don't know how well you knew uh nate miller at uh after buzz but i did an earlier conversation with him he has exactly the same stance. He also would not watch the Christmas special, uh, which, by the way, is called the holiday special. I think that's important that uh, sure, they branded it appropriately. But it's definitely, but it, but it's definitely, it's definitely a Christmas special. Um, yeah, because I was like, oh, I loved it. It was so great. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. I'm like, all right, that's fine too. You know, I mean, that's uh, so. You and Nate might be the war on Christmas. Uh, so if you hear Bill O'Reilly talking about it, believe me, he still has a show. If you hear him talking about it in December. He's talking about Yell and Nate Miller. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't see that. And luckily, I got told two very important facts before the movie started, because otherwise I would have been completely confused. Oh, about how Mantis is Peter's sister. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which was apparently also in a deleted scene, but it was deleted. So it, it for volume two, I mean. And um, it's a, uh, you know, you would have had to, and it's like, I don't know, it's like a deleted scene that's was like only streaming or only on the Blu-ray. I, I don't even know where it was. So yeah, you had to, you really kind of had to see it for that. What was the other piece of information you didn't know? That, where they uh, Kevin, that Kevin Bacon's a good sport? <laughs> I mean, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was so funny in the, in the Christmas special. I got to say, I did actually enjoy that a lot. He, he does a lot. I've seen him also in episodes of Will and Grace where he pokes a lot of fun at himself and it's actually kind of cool. Um, but what was, sorry, what was the other actual piece oh, where they movie? live? <laughs> oh, and nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I is didn't... important. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I got so they're, they're, assu they're assuming that everybody saw that walking into the movie, which you know, you usually don't assume that, you know, with a, like with the Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, it was like, well, we hope you watched WandaVision, but if not, it's actually going to just be, she's kind of a creep now. I mean, but is, so. is it really that confusing? Because it's like you start the movie and they're living on nowhere and you go, I guess they're living here this, now. It's like no different thing when you like, start the holiday special and they're living there. And but he like, just blurts out, you're now. my sister. And and I can see if you, if you didn't know that, but you're like, because there's actually somebody... 
I thought I that who I talked to. There was somebody who didn't see the Christmas special. It wasn't Nate. Somebody who didn't know. And and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They talked about it in these two other places. So. I don't know if I just saw something about the deleted scene, but I thought that was always implied since the second one because Ego was keeping around one of his children to serve as his attendant. So if that's mm-hmm. also one of his right, children. but I just rewatched the second one within the last week because uh, I, I had I had bad memories of it, uh, mostly because Jeff, someone we know, really disliked it. So it really kind of rained on my parade when we talked about it. Yeah. No names, but. Uh, uh, and then I was like, oh, you know what? It's not as bad as I remember. And and they don't establish that she's one of his children, but you can you can definitely infer it. So I think what Jeff is saying, he's smarter than most people. Uh, yep, it's just all to, about me. <laughs> to be fair, though, I think that the new all the new movies that are coming out are expecting you to have seen everything, right? Like Quantum well, Medium ex- expected you to have seen Loki. That's the business model. It drives yeah, that's you true. to subscribe yeah, that's to Disney Plus and everything else. Sure. But the interesting thing going into Captain America 4 is that like at the end of Endgame, you assume that Sam is going to be Captain America. And then there's this whole side story where he doesn't want to be. But then at the end of it, he's Captain America. So you might just be able to watch Captain America 4 without seeing Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, you also might not, but... Uh, I don't know. I thought Zia was saying something, but instead she's just uh, waving her legs around. What Dude, is that? I got. Is that what we're getting worked on next? We're going to get calf implants I... too? Yeah, that's the next thing. No, I've been doing a lot of hiking and walking outside, and I picked up apparently, I didn't realize what it was. They're called, I feel so uncomfortable even saying this, even though it's the name of a real bug. Chiggers? You ever heard of oh those? Oh my gosh. I have I, heard of it those. It makes me feel so uncomfortable saying it. You, Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, well, that's too, I don't like it. Uh, but well, they're yeah. itchy. I can. Fuck! I can I I can think of a of a network that would give you a show. Uh, it, it's, thank you for being here. <laughs> no. glad you I'm glad you like that. Um, but in any case, yeah, I've heard of those, and oh, uh, yeah, terrible. But we're talking about uh, more adorable bugs Sorry. like mantis. Uh, mantis. So, yeah. And so that that was a. Uh, and I'm sorry. Obviously, it devolves into uh, making fun of Zia and all other side conversations but uh, finish your finish your thoughts yeah i'll i'll, I'll shut oh, up and play I, with rocket i'm done with my thoughts i'm concerned about zia now <laughs> no, well, the I'm fact that they're, Sorry, the just... fact that she's in her home is now infested i'm infested with these bugs when you go walking outside <laughs> apparently they get into like your around your ankles and in skin like in the back of like warm air so like the back of your knees is like another area i gotta get some rubbing alcohol because supposedly that gets rid of them you like rub it it'll kill them my, uh, Dominicus Saxon, we were talking about the high evolutionary visiting Earth. He's like, yes, 1979, mid-Coke, pre-AIDS. It was kind of the peak of, of everything. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's only one Star Wars movie. You know, the, 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 the canon was very easy to follow. You know, you didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. It, well, there was one movie. And, and you know, uh, yeah, if there was ever a, a, a holiday special for you to watch, it is the Star Wars one. To be fair, I've seen, I've seen just one part of it <laughs> that's all you part, need is it the is it the part with b arthur running the cantina i hope because that's my favorite when she sings no no it's um it's i believe chewie's dad watching porn oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's like donna summer or, or someone i forget who it is yeah yeah yeah. that's basically that's what the only part i've seen of that <laughs> honestly you you chose wisely as, as they say. i don't know that i chose 
I don't think anyone chooses to watch any part of that movie. It just happens or someone forced. They're like, it's really good. Trust me, bro. And you're like, oh, "Oh, you're going to love it. Um, Zia, what are your thoughts on the high evolutionary and uh, some of these other, you know, interpersonal uh, dynamics from our friends, the Guardians? I I really like the high evolutionary because he is he's one of those villains that actually has interesting motives. And sometimes it's, I hate the villains that are like, oh, villain bad because bad. He's, he has, and he's, he's kind of similar to Thanos in the way that he has these motivations in his head. And to him, they make perfect sense. He's like, no, I'm trying to create this perfect society. And it's kind of that to take from Harry Potter a little bit for the greater good, where it's like, well, it doesn't matter all of this abuse and all of these terrible things I do now. He doesn't see that because at the end, he's like, no, I'm actually doing this for a good reason in his own mind. He's like, this is going to, uh, bring us something good and then how he's like constantly destroying worlds because he fails and then he just he just keeps going he's like I'm going to create the perfect society uh, and I think that it's it he doesn't take into account that no matter what kind of being you are you're going to be f- flawed there is no is no perfect and I think that that's kind of the beauty in earth uh, and and why a lot of People think, or I guess a lot of the galaxy is like, no, we need to protect Earth because even though they're not perfect, there's a lot of horrible things going on. There's that hope and you see the good in it. And there's like this, there's an amazing capacity for good, despite all of the terrible things that are going on and all of the evil and things that happen like that. So I think that that's something that he's missing while trying to create something perfect. And you're never going to create something perfect, but he's valiantly trying anyway. And that's such an interesting character and such an interesting villain. I like that a lot more than some of the other villains. I, I've said this before, your your best villains, you can kind of follow their logic maybe one or two steps. Mm. Killmonger is a good example. You understand where he's coming from. Even Thanos, he's like, look at how much suffering there is in the galaxy. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We should make sure that there's enough food to go around. You know what? You're not wrong. I'm going to kill half of everyone. Okay, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll, buddy. That exactly. Was, yeah, that was a pretty quick point B to point C. There's really a lot of other things that maybe you can try first. I don't know. You know, planting more grain. I don't know. But yeah. And the high evolutionary, what I liked about him, you know, in the very unlikable way is just how impulsive he is. You know, it's like, yeah, he was going to blow up counter earth, but it's like Peter points out, you know, I saw a drug deal down there and he's like, yeah, I know. That's why I got to get rid of it. In fact, you know, I'm going to push the button right now. It was like, Jesus Christ, he just said he saw something bad and you're going to you're going to kill all those, you know, mostly adorable, weird, you know, human animal creatures. I want to uh, live on that planet. Yeah, right. I, right. Exactly. Am I a furry? I think that that, you know what, here's the thing. Have like a weekend on counter earth and then you'll know for sure. If, if you're not a furry, you'll know right away. You'll be like, you know what? I thought I was into it, but uh, (laughs) clearly I'm not. But if, if the message is on all of your social media, yeah, I'm not coming back. Then we know what that means. Sure. (laughs) But, um, Um, but I I, want to say one of the things that I thought was a missed opportunity, the high evolutionary made a, a teenage mutant Ninja turtle. And I am, so disappointed that we didn't have that. Like he, oh. he made one. The turtle grew up. I was like, there he is. 
No. Yeah, I, I <laughs> that's mean, true. it's true. They, they could have done, you like, know, a, a random color bandana property, and, like, though, he'll like, look a lot cooler in this. Question, yeah. was it Michelangelo who painted the David and Man, like, the finger touching that they did later in the movie with Adam Warlock? Oh, with Adam so Warlock. Maybe that's, like, a roundabout. Maybe it's Michelangelo. <laughs> he came back. Yeah, it's it's nice. interesting because, yeah, I guess that, uh, you know, you didn't want to have to go through trying to license uh, at, uh, having a Ninja Turtle appear. Who knows? Maybe they asked and Viacom was like, uh, no, that's uh, one of our one of our most valuable properties. Uh, we won't have it just as a gag. I did like that. We got to see Howard the Duck again. You know, they keep teasing us with him. We get we get little visits from him. And, uh, you know, there was a a whole animated series we were supposed to get for Hulu that uh, Kevin Smith, uh, I, I think, was a showrunner on. And uh, we, we've we've never seen that, but at least we get to visit with him in this. Um, Jeff, you brought up uh, Adam Warlock, so I think that's a good place to go. Uh, well, well, I didn't get to talk about the villain as much, because I was going to say I had a yeah. bit of a different interpretation than uh, Zia, just in terms of, I think, Rocket's line where he says you didn't want to make things perfect. You just didn't like things the way they were. And as I referenced before, how it's like when he's lashing out at Rocket, it's clearly because of his own like anger at himself for not having solved this and feeling like whatever towards this animal. So I think a lot of it and what makes him relatable is this self-hatred, right? You can see this person who doesn't like themselves or whatever. And so they're trying to make this world better so that they can feel like they've are better because of the results of their thing. Um, I saw something that uh, I, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's like when uh, the high evolutionary corrects Rocket instead of saying I can't, he says Kant, because Kantian philosophy is basically that like the ends justify the means. So going through all these horrible things that he's doing to these animals is to create this perfect society. Wow, that's Ooh. that's like yeah. those those like old websites that had like you know pages and pages on theories of the Sopranos ending or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm always fascinated by, it. I mean, remember, remember before people hated lost and when that was going on, just the amount of speculation. Uh, I, I, a lot of times that stuff can be uh, very entertaining. And uh, yeah, I think that you really touched on Jeff, what made him so compelling and, and, you know, yes, uh, just a, despicable uh character and then also the simple fact that he can't believe that he engineered this raccoon who is smarter than him you know he was able to come up with something that he wasn't and he's like oh I'm, i need to dissect his brain but at the same time i hate him for being smarter than me you know it's like he liked him uh much more up until that point you know he'd like talk to him in a, in a much kinder way and uh yeah i think that uh I, I think that uh, the high evolutionary kind of ties into Adam Warlock in the way that we got a very specific version of the high evolutionary that he's mostly this like mad scientist who, you know, came up with some ways to, you know, he has like sort of gravity powers, but it's really just a device that he uses. He's not as all powerful as the actual comic book high evolutionary, which is what I wanted to transition to Adam Warlock and ask Jeff his thoughts on him, because the Adam Warlock, for people who really know the character, I mean, he's uh, basically all powerful and can kind of do everything. They and, made him uh, so derpy in this movie. I'm sorry to jump in. That was just one of my only issues with this movie. That was one right, of the only well, that, ones. That, they made him so dirty. That's, that, they went that's too what far. I was going to ask. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering, uh, Jeff. Do you think that they went too far the other way to be like, let's instead of making them all powerful, uh, let's make him like an assistant manager at a Burger King on the <laughs> Well, they kind of split up the Adam Warlock from the comics into uh, Doctor Strange and Vision. They gave Vision the stone in his head and they kind of made yeah. the Sorcerer Supreme take over all that other extra stuff. So they didn't really have room for this character who's just going to be kind of a retreading of ground they've already covered. So right. I think it was better to do it in this way where, okay, he comes from a society that was already just an aesthetic uh, experiment where people already were dumb, right? So we already knew the sovereign were really shallow. So the fact that he's a product of them and he's also a moron because of that, in addition to him supposedly being somewhat half-baked. But I think part of the point of him being such a dumbass was to try and give us this little bit of a character arc for this character that doesn't really have room in this movie, but they already teased. So they needed to kind of pay off because right. He goes from this total idiot where he's just following commands and whatever to at the very end being like actually useful uh, saving Quill and then joining the guardians. So I don't know. It just seemed like he did what he had to do for this character to be able to be in this movie. Cause otherwise it just would have like thrown off the entire tone and kind of direction. It seemed like it was going. Yeah, I said this before. A lot of times when a character spends a good chunk of the movie unconscious, you think that maybe they weren't sure what to do with them. Uh, the example I always use is uh, Back to the Future Part 2. They show up in the future and uh, Marty's girlfriend is there and they're like, oh, we hate that character. We, there's nothing to do with her. Um, let's have her take a nap for kind of the whole movie. Is that a good idea? I don't know. It's all right. Let's let's try to figure out how to get this story to the old west. My um, I, I, that just reminded me of my all-time most hated character in a movie which was uh, Night of the Living Dead. And there's that woman who just screams and goes catatonic for the whole thing. And it's just like, why are you even here? Why are you a character in this and movie if you will literally do nothing at any point? You're talking about the original Black and White Night yeah. of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw the riff tracks of that. That's how I've seen that. And uh, yeah, I yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, are we going to dial her down at all? Oh, nope, nope, we're not. Okay, great. We're going to just go ahead and stick with that. Um, Zia, as, as someone who might be able to relate to derpiness, uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Adam Warlock being uh, a, 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 bit of a, a bit of a herb, as they might have said back in the day. I finally got to see myself represented on screen. It's what I've been waiting for my entire <laughs> well, life. Well, before you saw your doctor, that is what you looked like with your shirt off. <laughs> I took him in a picture of Adam Warlock, and I was like, I don't want to look like this. Can we do the opposite of this, please? Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I think that I get what Jeff is saying and I understand why they did what they did because otherwise he wouldn't have had a place in the movie. But I think if he doesn't really have a place in the movie, maybe don't put him in the movie. It was just, it was, he was so derpy or like, well, why this big freaking idiot? Just why? I like the guy that they chose to play Adam Warlock. I thought that he did a good job with what they gave him. Uh, so I think I remember when he got cast, people were like, really, this is weird. Like I, I thought he was great, but, um, but yeah, he, he, it was just, it was just cause, cause you know, cause I think it's because you, if you know any of the comics at all, you know how powerful he is. So you see him in the movie and you're like, what? Wait a second. He could have dusted everyone, which I, I know that's boring. I feel like they misused him by saving him for this and not using him in Endgame where he su was supposed to be 
because he was the one that actually killed Thanos, not Cap, not Captain Marvel, or like came in and beat the crap out of Thanos. It wasn't Captain Marvel. They 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 fucked that up. They completely misused him and they put him in the wrong thing. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because you know before disney fired james gunn and then almost immediately rehired him but in that time he basically uh, started down a path that was going to have him spearhead an entire universe uh cool <laughs> yeah if if guardians 3 maybe there was some original timeline where it would have come out before infinity war and you would have had adam warlock in, in existence but you're right that's not where we got him and uh he's not in the story where he would have made the most sense so it feels I like think, they kind of added him as an afterthought. They're like, well, we have, like you said, like, well, we have to use him now because he was teased. So we'll just throw him in there. I'm like, all right, how do we make this work? Yeah. And it could just be James Gunn was like, well, I know I, I want to do something different with him. We'll still use this. Uh, what are your thoughts, Yell, on uh, Adam Morlock? I didn't mind him. Um, and maybe that's just because at some point we got to see him without a shirt on and I appreciated it. So it was but, nice. <laughs> Real nice. I also, uh, to be fair, I think that like the team at the end, I want that, right? Like telling me the Guardians is over and then going, but here's a brand new team. Rude. So rude. Give me that. <laughs> Tell me we're spinning off to whatever that is. I'm into it. Um, I I think that his arc was great. I agree that he was the derpiest thing and it felt so out of place. Like it didn't make sense, right? We have this movie that has this heart-wrenching story about rocket and and the worlds and and you know people and and being the best and like re trying to find your love again and i do appreciate that we never got that like gamora isn't the you know i love that i love it and then you throw this guy in and he's pretty to look at so i appreciated it but like i didn't mind it i don't hate it it was the it was the wrong thing but it was i didn't mind it's like yeah. his boobs. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These old things. <laughs> You're like, oh what? Yeah. I I didn't I didn't even know. Um, well, you touch on something good, uh, you know, something that's interesting to consider, and it is kind of going forward. I don't know that we'll get a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4 anytime soon. I do think that they will have their own standalone movie, if not a series, but probably a movie. Uh, James Gunn won't be involved, but, uh, you know, I'm sure there are plans and they want to leave options open for some of the original characters to maybe be featured. I do like the, uh, the you know, sort of the characters that we do see that are the Guardians uh, at the end. You know, I thought that that was uh, kind of important. But before we talk about the Guardians going forward, you, Yell, established early on how you felt about uh, 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 about Chris Pratt heading into the movie. Mm. So when the post credit scene is, hey, more Star-Lord, uh, were you like, oh, no, how about more any character from the movie that, that wasn't him? You know, how about, a, how about Cosmo and Friends? You know, I mean, something else, right? Yeah, so I genuinely thought that the, the, you know, more will be, you'll see more of this, was going to be whatever that new team is. Um, yeah. The idea that it's more Star-Lord is ridiculous. First of all, he died, like, he was outside in space, and as soon as he, like, inflated, he was dead. Not mostly dead, fully dead, right? <laughs> we don't need Billy Crystal saving him. The guy's dead. <laughs> so, like, I... 
he's dead. I don't. Everything that happened after that is a uh, is fiction. He didn't. It didn't make sense. He's not moving on. He's not meeting his grandfather. Like that's not happening. He died. So to tell me that he's coming back, no, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's yeah. not. I mean, I, I, yeah. But if he's I half celestial, he might be able to survive well, things. That, that was what I was going to bring up. Was oh, usually yeah. at the at the end of Guardians Two, they say that when Ego died, he like so uh, Peter basically burns up all of his celestial energy. Uh, okay. But then it's like, okay, but maybe there was a little bit left. You know, I uh, I would have been fine had they not done right. Like they saw him freeze in space, and then they had his body like be affected by the death right mm -hmm. he bloated and in that moment that was in my mind them telling us that he's he's dead it's it's past the point of I mean, saving if, if that level of bloating if that level of bloating meant death then i would have died many thanksgivings ago <laughs> you were not in space <laughs> you don't know where i celebrate thanksgiving i do i do know where you celebrate I thanksgiving well, you know what? This year I was going to go to Counter-Earth and now I'm not bringing you. So what do you think about that? <laughs> and how are we going to find out if I'm a furry? Yeah, no, exactly. I'll take you, yeah. We need to know. Uh, and <laughs> I think yeah. the interesting thing is that, you know, with the characters that we're getting there at the end, uh, you know, the, the the little girl who was the main little girl, it's a, a character who I believe it's uh, Phyla Vell, or fuck Phyla, you never know. How, you know, maybe it's a sneaker tie-in, but uh, that's a character who becomes one of the the character known known as Quasar, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll just take the the original Quasar out of the equation and we'll just have her become Quasar and something, and you know, she'll be with the Guardians. Um, I think that uh, that combination of Guardians is missing like one, you know, it doesn't quite have the star power where I'm excited about like, yeah, let's see all of them. So uh, I, I would, I would like to see those characters do more, but right now it feels like a Disney plus special or one-off movie. If one of the original guardians were to come back, you know uh, it, it, it might help the dynamic a little bit, but also maybe we get to know these other characters a little bit better. Maybe Craglin gets his time to shine. Um, what do you think about uh, about the future of the Guardians, Zia, and uh, specifically the iteration of Guardians we get at the end of the movie? Well, I look, I'm not super familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy anyway. Like when the uh, initial movie came out, I didn't know that much about those characters. I think a little bit and there was some anime. They were in some animated stuff that I'd seen a little bit of. Um, but I didn't read many of those comics. At yeah, all, so. just to to uh, the at that time, basically up until they made the movie, the characters who were the Guardians of the Galaxy are the Ravagers. It's Sylvester Stallone and his friends. If you remember, um, uh, I'm trying to remember, you know, who some of the other characters were. But we saw, you know, like the, the the Crystal Guy. I think that's Charlie X. You you saw this whole group of characters. Those were the and Yondu was also one of those those Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah, these characters basically became Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics because they're like, oh, we want this to kind of back up what's happening in the movie. And how James Gunn picked these characters out of the sky, I I don't know how well, he's I've like. Seen... You know, I want Groot and Rocket Raccoon to hang. No, out. No, I definitely had seen them in some like Marvel cartoons. The ones, right. so there's the ones That's that are voiced by like Troy Baker and Lisa, Lisa Bailey and all those guys. Okay, and they would have the Guardians come in, and it was this team with Rocket. Yeah, I showed I Groot. I showed my kids uh, an Ultimate Spider-Man with them, but I thought that was after this movie. So you know, you might be right. I didn't. I 
I usually do, but I didn't read the copyright date at the end. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that, yeah. And by the Earth's way, uh, Groot, Groot yeah. has become, okay. Groot yeah. has become my daughter's right. favorite now. And if we, if we ask her about anyone, uh, she will just say, I am Groot. So am Groot. Uh, she's, she's learning. So but uh, um, question about Groot though. Yeah. Um, anyone else annoyed that he spoke? <laughs> Uh, I heard a really good yeah. theory on that. That yeah, you know, the idea is we as the audience have finally learned how to understand him. Uh, yes, and, except that he then goes back time Groot after. Well, yeah, James Gunn uh, <laughs> supported that because uh, someone asked him, and he said, "This is a spoiler, but yeah, he confirmed that just like how Gamora finally understood him after spending enough time with him." You figure three movies and a bunch of other spinoffs, we should be able to understand him. So the reason they don't react to him saying, I love you guys, is because he does just say, I am Groot. And they can always understand him. So that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And so that was just letting us in for the moment. But you're absolutely right, y'all, because after that, he then says, I am Groot. So it, it was like, yeah, it, it. It, it was like a good moment. But I think, I don't know when he says it after that, but you're right. Uh, it's yeah, the to part Gamora. To Gamora. Oh no, that that was before. Or the not one to that Gamora. It's to Nebula at the no. Oh no, yeah. To Gamora at the end. Okay, but whatever the end. case was, that that's what that moment was. But when we Fine. first started talking about it, after I'd only seen the movie the first time, it was still a working theory. But then James Gunn has gone on to uh, confirm that that's what it was. And I like being part of Groot's family. I feel Fine. like having him look out for me <laughs> is only going to be a good thing. You know. <laughs> So <laughs> I love the way Yell very uh, begrudgingly accepts it. She's like, "All right, fine, fine." Some bullshit. <laughs> they, it is bullshit that they reverted back to it. Yeah, like that's I a agree. huge blunder on their part. We should have just had them say anything other than they, "I am group." If yeah. they had continued it, then that would have been. It would have been. Then I would have been like, "Got it. I understand. It, How wonderful." Look, it might have even been funnier if they used one of his supposedly extremely like dirty lines, because that's like right. The running <laughs> gag is that most of his "I am Groot's" are things that you would not be allowed to say in the movie. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> that would have been uh, so but yeah, but look, I think that uh, that that character, whenever we see him again, he's going to go back to saying "I am Groot." For the simple reason that I, I don't want to put that workload onto Vin Diesel to make him have to, you know, read. But this is family. Lines. That's all that matters. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Although he is now trying to extend his last movie into three more movies for the Fast franchise. <laughs> so, you know, that's how yeah. it goes. Well, yeah, because obviously if you do Fast X and then you do Fast XX, then you get the crossover everybody wants, which is Fast Triple X. So yeah. it makes perfect sense. I'm and yes, it is all. It is it's all only one I'm watching. Wouldn't it, it be is. Fast X, Triple X? It's yeah, when, well, so that's Vin, a very different movie. Indeed. Vin Diesel plays both Dominic Toretto and Triple X in the movie, and he has like is a brutal makeout scene. They what? just go yes. at it. <laughs> I want that. Well, while Groot like, watches, already. Groot's in the corner watching, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just no. saying, I am Groot, but it's the dirty yeah. stuff. Well, of, of course we uh, somehow devolved into talking about Triple uh, X hardcore <laughs> porn, but... Uh, but that's a perfect time to spin things back towards Zia. So what do you think uh, going forward with these characters? What do you want from the Guardians? What do you want from a possible continuation of Star Wars story? I do want to see more of Adam Warlock. That's what I'm curious. That's what Same. I want to see more of. I, yeah, I want to see more of Adam Warlock. I want to see more of his character 
Oh, just not his character. getting less derpy, wearing no shirt. He doesn't <laughs> need clothes. Who, who? Why would you put clothes on that man? Uh, <laughs> I definitely agree with that one. But yeah, I want to see more of that. I do feel like, and not because I personally have anything against Chris Pratt, but that's also only because I don't know what he does in his personal life. I have not paid any attention at all. I have no idea what's going on there. But I just feel like his arc, his character, it kind of it came to a natural conclusion. I feel like they're like, Star Lord will be back. And I'm like, but why? It, I yeah. feel like it kind of it's it's we've seen it kind of come to an end and he's he's found that part of him of where he doesn't need a woman because he's been chasing one for so long because he lost his mom. And that was a very cool character arc. And then he sort of realizes that about himself and, you know, goes off to fight. I just I feel like it's a natural ending for that character. Mm. And I don't particularly need to see any more Star Lord uh, so that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't I, I, I would be happier with. Adam Warlock taking up the mantle and going. I am sad that we won't see any more Drax though, because he shines so much in these movies. I think he is so fantastic. Dave Batista, I, it bums me out that he doesn't want to play the character because he does it so well. And the dynamic between him and Mantis, I just love. I love their dynamics so much. So that's one that I'm that I'm really disappointed that I, we're not going to see more of. Uh, yeah, I found it interesting too that uh, you know Mantis decides to head off. Uh, I, I, yeah. I I don't see that being a movie, but uh, or even really a series. But I would love like you know a, a standalone, you yeah, know, a special like it. they did Werewolf by Night, or you know what I mean, like just a just a story where I'd like I'd like to see what Mantis is up to. And I'm sorry, what did you say, Jeff? Sorry, I was going to say Mantis and the Abelisks sounds like a girl punk pop band. <laughs> it absolutely does. does. I like it. I, I, I'd buy a seven-inch single. There's not a whole album, but I, I'd listen to a song for yeah. sure. Um, you yeah, just want to hold it's... seven inches yeah. for once. <laughs> Sorry. It would be nice. Just once. <laughs> Speaking of Adam Warlock. Uh, but uh, so, Jeff, your thoughts about these characters sort of continuing you know, there was the expectation going in that, uh, you know, we knew that this was James Gunn's last movie, but I thought some of these characters would survive. I didn't expect all of them. And then they're sort of left at like a crossroads where they can kind of do anything they want with them. What do you think would be the most interesting to have happen with all of them, Jeff? Hmm. I mean, I don't need anything to happen with any of them because like I said, it kind of reminds me of like the end of a good TV show where it's like their lives aren't over just because the show's over. But it's like our journey with them, our A to B is over. So it's like, let them go on and live their lives and whatever happens, happens, right? Like the end of their story doesn't have to be them all dying. It doesn't have to be, it just needs to be like, hey, we as a team, this group that, you know, came together in that first movie, we're done. So the, the that version of the Guardians is gone. If they want to have cameos or like, you know, other roles especially in these bigger ensemble and venger movies i'm sure that'd be fun i don't know exactly what that role would be i'm sure they'd have to have that like cooked out based on what the storyline's gonna be i definitely don't need more star lord i like i don't like zia said it was because it was like we got his character arc you know he went from yeah. a childish whatever like running away from home to came back home to his grandpa even as like he misquotes the situation because of the trauma that it was from the first part. He says that his grandpa like pushed him out of the thing. His grandpa kept him from running away. So it's just like his memory is skewed because he was a child and it was like this big traumatic event. And now he's grown up. He's able to like reconcile that he's back with his family. So it's just like, where is there to go in the journey? Like that was the whole, we started with him leaving the family. Now he's back with the family. We don't need more star Lord. 
uh, it'd be fun to see Rocket as the leader of the gang. But again, I think that could be like smaller episodic type stuff or just, I mean, I, I just don't know what a whole movie of that would be. I'm, I don't know. I'm sure they're building for something, but I've also noticed this trend of a super duper powered little girl who's like not even preteen little girl. And there's always like the most ultra powerful among everybody at the end of the movie, like in Thor, Love and Thunder and everything. With oh, eternity. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm sure they're building to some like young Avengers type thing, right? You wouldn't have that many young people being introduced in your movies with like these kinds of powers. Yeah. That's not going to be. Well, a that's a great point. Because we know we've yeah. got sort of like the young Avengers with like Yelena Black Widow, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. But now you're talking about like the tween Avengers. And uh, interesting to think that an all powerful being could list Korn as one of her favorite bands. But uh, I guess that's the <laughs> I liked that it. No, I know you, I'm <laughs> that sure was a you good did. answer. I was like, well, hey. I love that her two answers were Britney Spears and Korn. And it's like, oh, yeah, Rocket really did just kind of turn that dial to 2000s and stay there. You know, <laughs> it, was like, it was like, yeah, I'm not going to really listen to anything. He doesn't want to be called a freak on a leash. <laughs> By the way, uh, somebody asked uh, James Gunn because, you know, the Zune was something that Yondu had had. And, the, uh, and I guess uh, in the second one, Craglin talks about Yondu deleting some of the songs there, you know, and then here's what he liked. And someone asked him what was the first song he deleted. And James Gunn said, uh, Starships, we built the city. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good one to get out of there. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was... It was bad enough that they used it in a Muppet movie. Uh, let's uh, let's make sure that the, the that the Zoom doesn't have that in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to kind of you know if we never see any of these characters again, I feel like we left them in a good place. I just think the reality of building a universe like this and you know having big events, there's going to be reasons why they need these characters, you know, that uh, or like they have plans for them. I don't know if they need them, but they're going to have them interact with the Avengers. Um, I, I did want to kind of end talking about this idea of the importance of family. The Guardians have it, but from the very beginning, we see it with Rocket in characters that we haven't talked about yet here on, on this episode, which is Rocket and Lila and Teefs and Floor. And uh, I thought that uh, their interactions were, uh, were very sweet, which of course uh, made it that much worse when uh, all of those uh, animals uh, unfortunately passed. But strangely, that moment where Rocket sees the cage of the baby raccoons, you know, and he reads the word raccoon and he realizes that I think that's an, it's an important character moment, but that there's a, there's an exchange. And I don't think it's Craglin who says it. Whoever says, I thought we were only saving the higher life forms and Rocket's point is we are, we're getting all of these animals off there, which boy, that I, I, I hope nowhere is bigger than it looked. But Yell, I wanted to kind of ask you first, sort of, you know, there's the downside to the way that uh, animals were treated in this movie. Uh, but what did you think about the character building of those animal characters and just Rocket realizing the importance of we got to save all of them, not just, you know, one or two that, you know, not just the elephants, basically, you know, what, it, what were your thoughts on all that? I mean, I, I loved that. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's super important. One, like we live in a world where, you know, people do abuse animals. So like, it's really important to have this, this showing of like, these are living beings. We should treat them with respect. But I think also we're in a movie where we have a 
talking raccoon. Like we have one of our main characters is a talking raccoon. And, and a dog. So, and and, and yeah. we have a psychic dog. So like, I think that, you know, there's, there, it makes sense in the story. It makes sense for reality. I, I love it. I love seeing all these. I think my biggest problem, you know, not to take it back to the high evolutionary, but like you have this raccoon and he's a genius and your thought is we need to check his brain. I get that. I, I get that for science. But also, and you know, I didn't do well in school, but I could have sworn the whole thing is you got to like reproduce your results. So like make more raccoons. Like, what do you, why did we not <laughs> see any more raccoons till the end? Like, why, so didn't why didn't, why didn't Rocket get pimped out to stud where they basically were having him create more genetic right. raccoons? Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. Like, not to turn this into an SVU yeah. episode, but I, we should be trafficking <laughs> him for sure. I think that, I mean, I just, there, there's like just science questions there in that they, at the end we have all these baby raccoons and and none of them have been, none of them are older. Where are the other raccoons? He shouldn't have any other animals because if if at this point we've discovered that Rocket was the best, I'm surprised that he bothered with any other animals after that until he could prove oh. that like he could make another smart raccoon and then see what the issue is and move from there. You know what I mean? Like, like what is it in the raccoon's brain that created those results that he didn't get in other animals? Right. right. Well, yeah. But he also clearly had an insecurity about Rocket essentially outthinking him. So maybe he didn't want to take that risk again because he did like his ego is the most important thing to him, as we've seen, since he goes, so. he's constantly referring to himself as a god and stepping in for the lack of gods and this and that. So with Rocket specifically, as we saw him devolve as Rocket outthink him, I'm sure that's not something he wants to go through again. And uh, not to mention how Rocket ultimately escapes, like brutalizes his face and all these other things, which didn't totally make sense. I don't know how, from what we saw, his whole face would have been gone, but okay. Uh... You know, give me some pause, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I get what you're saying. I think that like, so Rocket, as we, you know, Rocket has this very strong New York accent and and struggles with big words or didn't struggle with big words but like struggled with putting sentences together correctly so obviously there is like a something in his brain that he could have i just think that the high evolutionary could have controlled his next raccoon like he could have been like all right we'll keep him docile enough that he can't figure this out but smart enough that he can figure this out and then work on that and like where's my raccoon planet i guess is my question <laughs> really what it comes down to is yeah would like a planet of raccoons oh they're so cute <laughs> i i love raccoons so much i've taken to feeding uh stray cats because i'm just a psycho and we now have three or four raccoons well that can't end badly i'm sure everything will be food. fine there yeah. it'll be fine we have three raccoons and a possum Oh They're man, so I cannot cute. wait to come visit. <laughs> oh um, my god, you'll get to see them. They're adorable. They're all big and fat, and they come up and eat the cat food with their hands like this. I, I love, love it. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, there was a question about animals here. Look, the I think that more animals on screen always, especially cute, snuggly ones. Um, and uh, I look forward to the spinoff where it's Animal Planet Nowhere. Yeah, no, no, it's like, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. There's, there's, there's all those kids. There's a lot of animals, and I'm like, you know, I, I didn't get the feeling that it was like a planet-sized place that they were, but uh, I guess we'll see. Um, what did you think, Jeff? Sort of uh, about you know building that 
backstory for Rocket, you know, these characters that were uh, obviously so important to him. And then, you know, there's the moment where he thinks he's dying and he thinks he's going to be with them again. Uh, but, uh, you know, sort of the way that they kind of stayed with him, even though he never wants to talk about this terrible yeah. experience in his life. Well, they ripped that out of Harry Potter. So let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I like, I mean, obviously that whole storyline was great and the way that they interspliced it throughout the events of the movie so that it kind of, we could see his journey and how it even related to the journey of his crewmates trying to get him back and everything else. Um, obviously Lisa Cardinelli is a fantastic actress. She's always good in things that she's in. Both the weirs are killing it, right? The little brother directed that Dungeons and Dragons movie. I like so, that movie. Uh, yeah, it was uh, fun. Yeah. yeah was I, fun. I mean, all the characters were interesting. They, they did a great job with those scenes and like having them bond and grow and like evolve as kind of higher intelligent beings. Right. Um, Obviously, that that was where they they had to build something up so that they could tear it down to get some of that emotional payoff and everything else without having to go the cheap way for the overarching story and killing these like long term characters. So I thought it was like a, a good balance of everything. Um, and then again, it, it makes sense on how Rocket doesn't want to talk about his past because it's so devastating. And it makes sense how the high evolutionary kind of went on this slightly different, seemingly more violent path in terms of giving himself like gravity powers and having a creepy stretched out face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I liked those characters. I thought those scenes were awesome. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, really getting a good understanding for uh, Rocket goes a long way. And uh, Zia, uh, as someone who uh, would feed every animal featured in this movie. I would. But yet would have jettisoned those cages of children out into space. Uh, what did you think about it? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you want to save the people? Forget the people. We're saving the animals first. The kids can whatever. They'll be fine. They're all super powered. They, they can live in space, right? Uh I think no. one of them is superpowered. Oh, just one? Well, the rest will yeah, be fine. Pretty sure. <laughs> she can save the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh I like the I like the animals. I love that aspect of it. And I like that they sort of humanize animals in a way that we don't really do often. Because it's often they're just animals or, or animals, right? We do that now. And, you know, like, look, I'm not going to stop eating meat. I eat meat. So I'm part of the problem. I get it. But the way we treat our animals just in general, like the way they're raised for meat, is, I'm not saying I'm not against eating animals. It's just the way that they're treated before we eat sure. them is, is horrendous. It's so terrible. Um, and it's just it's because for some reason we can't look at other living things because they don't have that higher brain function. We don't look at them as worthy of being treated well or respect or love, like whatever it is, uh, we pick and choose what animals we show respect to, right? Like dog it's, and it's different for each country, which I also find so interesting because in some countries they eat dogs and here we're like, Oh my God, can you believe? But then in other countries we eat cows and to them cows are like sacred and they would never eat a cow. And it's just, it's so interesting how it's different culture to culture in different countries and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the same for every animal. Right. But 
but yeah, so I kind of liked the the way that they brought that into the movie and and make you really, really, I knew, I knew as soon as they started, obviously something bad happens to those animals. A, because Rocket doesn't talk about his past. B, they're obviously yeah. not with Rocket anymore. But they really do a great job of, of spending enough time with those animals so that even though you know something bad is going to happen, it still really hurts when it does. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. This is awful. The, the second time that uh, Lila said, oh. yeah, it is good to have friends. Oh, oh no. Oh, don't say that. No, oh, it was you so know? terrible because you know what's coming. And then yeah. when it happens, it's just like you got stabbed in the gut and they twisted the knife, even even though you know it's coming. So I think they did a good job with that. Um, all in all, yeah, I, I really, I liked that whole storyline, even though well, it was painful. One other thing I want to specifically ask Zia about, uh, as uh, we know that uh, you are a trash person who uses foul language. That's why this... I like Raccoon so much. Yes, because <laughs> you're an aspiring trash panda yourself. <laughs> trash panda. The, this is the first MCU movie with the F word in it. So you must have been like, oh, God, finally. Finally. Yes. <laughs> and I might add that when I was very little, just like just learning how to form words. Look, my dad wasn't the most dad role modelish type of parent in the world. But apparently I was walking around at the age of like two or three being like, fuck. Fuck! <laughs> my dad thought it was hilarious, but decided he should probably stop saying it so much around me. Um, but I yeah. just, you know, I think that kids will be fine if they hear the F word. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm totally well, fine. Well, in There's a PG-13 no movie, advantage. you get exactly You get one. one. You, you get, get one. one. Everybody yeah. gets one. And it has to be an hour in. <laughs> is that right, what it exactly. is? Yep. Oh, can't wow. be can't be in the beginning. You can't be in the, uh, the screen. You got to warm well, the kid up to it. Zia, <laughs> I have... <laughs> I, I have trouble saying nice things to you, so I'm just going to get let Lewis say this from earlier. <laughs> Zia is hot as AF, or hot, yeah, hot as AF, and is here. Love you, Zia. You're beautiful <laughs> as ever. Also, Guardians, funny and cool. You notice how he eventually is like, oh, yeah, Guardians was all right, too. But <laughs> check out Zia. So, Thank you, Lewis. That's, yeah. that's all I needed for the day. <laughs> and... Uh, he also adds a uh, little Zio is cute in a potty mouth. I mean, <laughs> I it, was, it was probably was cute when you were a kid. Now it's just like, there's children around. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> look, I'm like, fuck look, those little, what? words are words. Children well. <laughs> yes, words are yeah. words. How about we yeah. don't abuse our children? How about that? They can hear a word and they'll be fine. Let's not abuse them. I feel like that's a. Except for <laughs> certain words. Certain words aren't just words. Well, but if, you, like, if, your problem, <laughs> if your problem is the F word and not the misuse the mis uh the, the mistreatment of animals then that's a whole other problem that, 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 that sounds like a, a you problem uh daniel drew is helping us as he always does he's talking about nowhere it was pretty massive looking inside in the first movie i guess that is true i think it's much larger than it seems so you're saying it's bigger on the inside is that what you're saying daniel <gasps> drew <laughs> they uh, should paint the outside blue yeah um, Wait, somebody else asked about if it's the size of Pluto, and I will say Pluto's a planet, and absolutely. Uh, J yeah, Jacob Downey uh, says uh, that. Uh, how about a like a Pluto-sized planet? Yeah, yeah, it goes back and forth with Pluto. It's it's, it's a planet. Just make up your mind. It's a dwarf planet. It's a dwarf. And they planet. like that term. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Yeah, it's a planet. It, 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 yeah, I mean, it is. A, it, I, I don't know. I, look, I'll tell you what. One day I'll go and I'll tell you guys what it is. You know, so Thanks. that's fine. You let us know. Thanks, um, And then, yeah, Daniel Drew referenced something that I thought was very funny. Uh, Microsoft posted something about the Zoom a couple days ago. 
Uh, it's the same type as he had. So whoever runs Microsoft's social media uh, was very funny. They're like, hey, we found this. And it's a picture of a, of a still inbox Zoom. And we think it works. We'll give it away to somebody who likes and retweets this. So they're giving away an actual Zoom. Uh, Microsoft is. And uh, I did like it and retweet it mostly because uh, I, 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 I want to take it away from somebody who really wants it. <laughs> I'll just keep it in the box. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it, but um, you know, I'm going to assume it's one of those things where it's like, look, judging from, I feel like the graphics were better. I mean, if you remember the, the early iPods, you know, they, they didn't really look as good. So it's probably one of those things where it's like, you know, Betamax was better than VHS uh, my understanding is that HD DVD was better than Blu-ray, but sometimes the other thing just is the one that catches on. HD so DVD I bet the Zoom probably better was better. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Jeff? HD DVD was not better than Blu-ray. HD DVD was 1080i, which means interlaced, whereas Blu-ray is 1080p, which means full picture. So mm. P is wow. better than I when it comes to HD. So fuck. Yeah. Christian, hey, uh, I, I sit done. corrected. I always defer to you, but uh, Zia, uh, P is always better than I. Does that sound like something that sounds true to you? I mean, ask me and ask me as soon as it happens, and I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. Anyway, uh, on that note, what better place to end? Uh, <laughs> Then uh, on that, uh, I didn't actually mean to put this up, but now that it's there, uh, so yeah, uh, nowhere is a celestial head. There's room. Mm. We saw just a tiny part the uh, in in the first Guardians movie, um, and uh, Lewis says my brain hurts after that information. Jeff, thank you. There was you one, that me. was a that was like a that was a one to grow on. I think. Oh, uh, you should uh, hear me when I'm talking about my uh, home theater system to like my family. I'm like, all right, so this speaker has six ohm nominal impedance, and if I'm going to run a ten gauge wire more than sixteen feet, shit like that. You you sound like Nick Jeff. He he goes on, he goes on whole things about that and i retain probably like 10 percent of it mm -hmm. <laughs> usually when i see their faces fully glaze over i go i'll shut up now yeah well <laughs> I, I think now we understand why your uh fiance spends all day at a dispensary you know yep. just to take the edge off a little <laughs> just, bit just a little um, i am gonna agree with daniel drill it's Aww. always a great show when zia's on you notice Ghost 8386 wasn't here. I was right? just yeah. going to say, I was just going to say, wait, are you just hiding all of Ghost comments? No, I told him last week. I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, some people will be excited. Ghost, I know that you won't watch. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we did, we did three Guardians shows. Uh, Jeff Williams is someone that Ghost doesn't like anymore either. But uh, Why he liked did he say he didn't like something that Ghost likes? Water dragons in Shang-Chi. And uh, that, that set him off. <laughs> uh, but I'm that a big fan of Ghost. That dude is so hilarious. I'm a huge fan of laugh. Ghost 8386. Everything Ghost 8386 says is true, <laughs> including when he says he sucks. Um, I'm a big fan. I want him to come back. Uh, you know, I can't wait for him to start him. his show, Space Ghost 8386 to Ghost 8386. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that either. But Zia, there are a lot of places uh, where you can be found, uh, and we want to give you a chance for people to find them. Obviously, for people who maybe just need to get their fix, they can catch up on old episodes of the Chip Chipperson show, Jeff. Not a real person. That's <laughs> fake. You're lying. Okay. I, guess I just, I just want to get Jeff on the show just once. 
just once to confront him to confront I mean, chip and have it like, be like an intervention yeah this would be like my storming the capital i just need to prove <laughs> <laughs> my theory jeff's, right jeff's january 6th is this gonna is sit there. jeff's gonna sit there and be like no no, look, that's Jim Norton. Look, you see. It's like, no glasses on, sir. <laughs> this wig isn't even real. He's pulling it off. Chip is like, well, God damn I don't even think that's his voice. Piece of garbage. Um, but if other places people can find you and your pieces of garbage, Zia, where would that be? I don't want to rant too much. But the three most important places you can find me if you'd like to is Twitch, OnlyFans, and Twitter. I mean, no, no, no. Twitch only fans and YouTube. See, this is the problem. Twitch okay. only fans and YouTube. It's Zealand on all those things. It's Zealand everywhere. Yeah, that's and, that, just make it easy. Uh, which uh, which shows are you doing regularly? I don't want to plug a show you're not doing right now. I don't. So. The, I don't even. I'm not even doing a show regularly. I just started a podcast with a couple of guys that I met at Gas Digital who I love. But we're having the hardest time for some reason getting our episodes out regularly. We've released one episode. We've changed the the podcast format or the <laughs> concept of the podcast like three times. Oh, good. We we released two first episodes and the second one hasn't come out yet. So when that starts coming out regularly, I will let you know. <laughs> okay. So so Zia land everywhere and. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be there June 20th to 30th. Uh, and uh, your goal is to make sure you're not doing a show at that point so that I don't ask to be on so it. So that I you don't that's... ask to be on it. And then also um, I'll meet up with you once, but if you don't bring cookies, I'm leaving. No, I'm going to bring cookies <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try and uh, uh, get you uh, in into the city because uh, you remember you left our mutual friend, Don Jameson hanging last time. Uh, so uh, I did. And you know what? He, he actually, shit, he texted me. I have to text him back. I think I was like, woke up and I can't look at text messages when I wake up because I'm like, okay, I'm going to answer these. And then I don't. Mm. Yeah, it's really bad. 100%. <laughs> uh, stop doing that. Jeff DeRay, if if people want to find you, uh, tough shit, right? That's basically I'm the way the it goes. protection program, so you can call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but your lawyer is also in the witness protection program. So yeah, so don't really call him. Do call his lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, we're uh, it, in terms of uh, just quick asides for Marvel, uh, you know, we're going to get uh, Secret Invasion. We now have release dates for Loki season two, and we're going to be getting Echo, the spinoff from Hawkeye, all at once, dropping all episodes in November. And uh, somebody in the chat uh, before we started said, uh, that's never a good sign. You're absolutely right. For a platform that doesn't drop episodes all at once. The fact that they're going to drop them all at once tells me that uh, they want to burn them off at the end of the year for some reason. It might just be a tax reason. You know, they're like, oh, it's budgeted for 2023. Let's do that. I found that character interesting. Um, I, boy, they've really slowed down the Marvel content, though. Uh, but I'm excited for Secret Invasion. But, yo, if people have... want to find you and talk about SVU or other things, where do they go to do that? I am everywhere on the internet at Yell Teagle, Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. -E I know it's a whole bunch of letters. Um, you can <laughs> find me on Sundays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, talking SVU, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, the greatest show of all time. Um, and we will be doing that through the summer, doing old episodes. Uh, if you watch Leverage Redemption on Freebie or The Arc on Sci-Fi, you can check out the official after shows for those on the Electric Now app. Um, and soon, at some point, there will be a second season of Almost Paradise also on Freebie, and you can check out the Almost Paradise after show also 
on the electric now app, which is a free app that you all can get on all your things. Um, but really just check my Instagram. You spoke directly to my audience when you said free, uh, as much as they want, Zia's OnlyFans. Uh, they don't. They don't have the money for it. So I do uh, have the, a free OnlyFans. It's not. It's obviously not going to be as good as the the premium one. Like there's right. no there's no top there's, of nudity anything no, on the feed, but you can subscribe for free if you so, want to. So, so I have a free OnlyFans. You're just not going to see anything. That's just called yeah. Instagram. Essentially, <laughs> it's essentially Instagram. Although I will say there is some stuff that'd probably get me kicked off Instagram on there because oh, Instagram wow. is so uptight. Well, yeah, that seems right. And by the way, Daniel Drew says the arc is great. I thought of you in the SVU verse. Uh, this was a few months ago, but when uh, Richard Belzer passed away, oh, I thought and I know he hadn't been on the show in, in quite a few years. But uh, as Yell knows and other people might know, I worked on SVU for a couple of years. The best part of working on that show was being in read throughs with Richard Belzer, who uh, suffered uh, no fools. And uh, there was a, a cast member who was very meticulous about the way his dialogue was written. And uh, Belzer had no patience for that. And uh, it was uh, great to watch, you know, he didn't have patience for kind of anybody. And uh, one of one of my favorite people to walk around. And, you know, anytime you have a job where you're like, oh, one of my coworkers is iced tea, uh, there's, there's something to be said for it. What season are they up to now? Is it like 25 or? We are... Like- the season 24 finale is uh, tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Um, so uh, we'll be uh, we'll be covering into the Spider-Verse, no, Across the Spider-Verse is the sequel. Uh, that'll be out uh, June 2nd. We'll be doing some Marvel Movie Talk episodes on that. For our Black cast audience, uh, the next episode they'll get, I am going to speak to an author named Jeff Gomez, who wrote a book about the No Alternative uh, compilation from uh, 1993. Uh, he wrote a book about it, and uh, sort of the it was uh, it was part of the the Red Hot organization, uh, raising uh, you know, more than a million dollars for uh, AIDS research uh, at a at a time where that uh, money was very hard to come by. And uh, he he delves into some of the bands that are on there. There's a Nirvana song on that album that is a, a hidden track uh, because the record company wouldn't let them promote the fact that uh, Nirvana was on there. And it actually kind of worked in a way where it was like, well, I want to buy this. Uh, it was one of the reasons why I bought it, because uh, I was like, oh, there's a Nirvana song. on." And uh, hopefully speaking with each and every one of you again soon in the audience and uh, also our three wonderful co-hosts today. I may have been most wonderful, but the three of you were also very good. Uh, So thank you for all of your time. And we will see you next time on the Blackcast.
you for listening to The Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Well, this has been The Bladcast. I am I- your host. <laughs> you can find me at ChristianDMZ. Jeff Duray, not on Twitter. The Bladcast. Welcome to the stream. Who are you? One of the best podcasts you can ever see, The Blackcast. Whoop-dee-doo, we're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch The Blackcast with me and Carl. It was a great show. Who was the guest that got Cardiff to do the uh, mommy drinkers thing? Oh, I don't remember. Christian Blood. Christian Blood. Are you ready to play to catch an alien? Christian When I was talking to Christian Blatt, good luck with the whole thing. And you know, here's to another 500, get you to a thousand, you know, which is more than 500 last time I checked. One of Christian Blatt's favorite people in here to talk to one of his other favorite people. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow (laughs) favorite person of Christian Blatt. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. (laughs) That was not my fault.